On this episode of Sap and Chance, we are joined by two-time IBF and our very, very first boxing guest on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the champ himself, Steve Molitor, has graciously joining us on vacation to review the Spence Crawford fight and talk about boxing in general. So guys, strap in, sit back, relax, and thank you for leading us into a year. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Samp and Chance. I am your host, Bobby Sampson. Right beside me is my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. And the man below us needs no introduction. Our very, very first guest on the show for the boxing side of things. Two-time world champion, Mr. Stephen Molitor, the Canadian kid. How are you, brother? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me on. Um, um, I love watching you guys' show, and I'm excited to talk about the the massive fight we just saw on the weekend. No, fantastic. First off, I've been following you on Instagram. You seem to be doing a lot more there than Facebook these days. So just let everybody know where to find you. But dude, I swear to God, I'm looking at you. The hell, man, are you gearing up for a comeback or something here, man? <laughs> You're looking supreme. People always ask me that, but I just tell them like from nine years old, I was, my father always told me if you're going to do something, you do it hundred percent. And it just became a lifestyle for me. There's, a lot of days where I work all day in the scrapyard and I don't want to go to the gym, but my mind says you have to go to the gym. You have to, you have to be yeah, in shape. Yeah. You have to be ready. And it's something I'm passing down to my son. And you know I mean? Just at the end of the day, you have time to rest when you're dead laying in that casket. So give her all you can right now, put in the work for your health and your well being, And I mean, it'll pay off in the end. No, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to take that and make a short of that. You know that that's that's <laughs> motivational right there um you know you, you're everything you're saying i absolutely 100 percent. mr michaels here has been supporting me to kind of change a few things in my life so you know what i mean absolutely we will all sleep when it's time to sleep sleep that's yeah. right right let's just get this shit on the road but yeah let's just get right into it guys uh fence crawford both guys uh spence coming in to this fight 28 and 0 Crawford coming into this fight 39 and oh, everyone has this 50 50 or 55 51. You know what I mean? Like 49. Like it just, no one expected what we saw. Is that fair to say? Um, For me, it's fair to say, like, like you said, throughout the boxing industry, it was 50 50 down the line. I personally, I thought the size of Spence was going to be the difference. Um, But ultimately, for me, what happened is, Buds Crawford's jab from the outset made the difference of the fight. His defense, there's small things that I was watching in, in there. His defense was on 100%, 100% of the time. Errol Spence was throwing shots, and he was dropping his hands or throwing a shot with his hands down, and he got countered with hooks. There was holes in Errol Spence's defense, whereas there's not holes in Terrence Buds Crawford's defense. And again, the jab, the power jab, and we heard um, the commentators talk about how he broke his his hand as a, as a young kid. So he's actually right-handed. So that right hand is his power hand. And again, for me, on the outside looking in, that was ultimately the difference of the whole fight was that power jab and the perfection of his defense was just impeccable. 100%. Um, what about you, Chance? What did you take away from it all? 
couldn't say it better than what he just said. But yeah, I was surprised. I had it 50 50. I thought Spence would win by decision. Like I said in the show, he's, he's bigger, longer, but he just, Crawford was amazing. That's an all time great performance. He just dominated that fight. And that's going to go down in the history books as uh, he's undisputed, but he just dominated that fight. So he's going to go down as an all time great. I think that cemented his legacy, I think, after that performance we saw. Yeah, so I you. I, I, I mean, I'm in totally agreement with with everything everything that's been said here. There's not much to add to it. I will add this though. I mean, the one thing that I did notice right off the bat that he took his jab away. He took Spence's jab away, and and one of the things that I know about Spence is he works off his jab, right? I mean, right. he he's usually the bully. He's the guy walking everyone down in all his fights. In essence, I I kind of look at this fight, and after watching it a third time this afternoon. Uh, before we did this, you know, I, I it started to remind me of Mayweather and who 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 was it? Um, not Kodo. Um, like that. The there you go. Right. I mean, the, the that fight there. That this is what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the second Fury Deontay fight where he started just picking away at him as a person. Um, you know, I don't know if things would have changed been different if he didn't knock him down in that second round. Obviously, everything in Errol's game plan changed after that, but I just felt that he couldn't get anything going because he lost his one main weapon was a jab. And here's one other thing that I've been thinking over the past few days, and I've talked about it with a few of my boxing friends, Samuel Vargas mainly. People forget, and you watch the video of the, the car accident of Errol Spence. Sure, he got thrown out of the car and he was fine, so to speak. But with the way that car was spinning and flipping, there's no way you can tell me he didn't suffer some sort of brain trauma from getting whipped out of that car, slammed into the ground. I think he's fought once since the accidents prior to this fight. I'm yeah, not that's sure. right, only once. Uh, no, no, two, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't look all that great. And even you see a lot of things on Instagram and stuff on how his eyes look glossy. And he looks, he looks like a different person. He looks kind of punchier, like he's had a, a yes. brain injury. I'd be no, honest. No, no, hundred percent. I no, he had two fights before this one, uh, okay. after the accident. So what I was saying to Chance actually, uh, to piggyback off the accident piece, is like the way he looked against Danny Garcia when he came back after the accident, right? I mean, because at this point, everyone's still talking Spence Crawford, Spence Crawford, but the way he looked in that fight, I was not interested in that fight anymore. Just the way he looked. Right, but yeah. when he fought against Ugas last fight before this one, then he looked like Spence of old. Like, oh, okay, this fight is legit feeling. I have a, I said this to Ryan, uh, to Chance. I said, dude, this guy looks like the Spence that fought Danny Garcia. Even though he won, he was a, you know a shell of himself. I think what and Steve's it, saying there's something to it. He looks his eyes look glossy. He just, yeah, he, yeah. His mannerism, his speech, even in walking, he just looks a little bit slower than he did. And, there's something going on there. I think you nailed it on the head there, Steve. Yeah, yeah. And we, we had Cody Crawley on the show as well uh, leading up to this fight. And he also said Spence looks really slow. Just, just not, you know, yeah. as an athlete, but just as a human being. So, And, me, and, me, and Sam, me and Sam were talking about this today. <laughs> Even, you know I mean, you, you go to war and sparring, you get dropped in a fight. It, you lose a piece of yourself as a human being every time something like that happens to you. You lose, you lose a piece that you don't get back. Right. And I really think that that accident had a lot more of an effect on Spence's life and career than than people think. Yeah, yeah, no hundred percent. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. Um, 
Steve, I have a question for you. Being a, a former champion, a former fighter, and things like that, when you are faced, like we already know how great Crawford was, but I almost feel that he showed things a, a different level of greatness in this fight. Does that come out when you're fighting someone of that caliber that that's you know of your level? He he needed the moment for sure. He needed the moment, and and I gotta. I got to admit it, I wasn't the biggest Bud Crawford fan leading up to this fight, but now I'm a massive Bud, Bud Crawford fan. He moved up in weight, and there was a lot of people who said he couldn't do it and he wasn't going to win, and and he fed into that. And his mannerism, the way he, he let that fuel his fire just goes to show not only is he a great fighter, but after that performance Saturday night, there's no question in anybody's mind that he's an all-time great Hall of Fame fighter with, with that um, with that victory and becoming the first ever male two-way unified champion. And he did it with absolute ease. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah. Now, Earl Spence has an automatic rematch clause. I don't hope, I hope that doesn't happen because there's no need for a rematch. That was a total domination. But he said he's going to enact the clause, so we'll see what happens. And they're saying about at 154, but yeah. And again, and I, and I hate saying this against about a, such a, a great athlete in Earl Spence, but Maybe after the accident, those two fights, him and his team knew like, hey, like things are a little different. We better, we better cash this out because you heard Errol Spence at the Wayans when he shook his hand, and we're gonna make bank. Who the fuck cares about making money when you're just waiting with the guy you're about to go to war with? Who cares about making bank? Like you're, you mean trying to keep those belts, win those belts? So for me, like maybe it was in the back of his mind that hey, my clock's ticking after that accident. I got, I got to cash in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be, yeah. At 154, I don't even see what they would be fighting for, though. You know, it just makes no sense. I, me personally, if it was a closer fight, if it was a decision, yeah, rematch, hundred percent. But just the way he did it to him, man, I just don't see. But there it won't be being... any public interest in a rematch because it was such a domination by Bud Crawford. I don't think the the public will buy into it. They won't be as excited. There won't be as much money for them. There will be less pay per view sales. So I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think we'll see a rematch, in my opinion. But we'll see. I agree. I think maybe if Spence gets um. Uh, an interim fight in between and maybe yeah. looks good and could, could build up some interest. But yeah, that was just such a dominant performance from start to finish that yeah. not many people are going to want to see that you guys are both right on that. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I get it. It's in the clause and what have you, but it, it's, I just don't see it being any different, man. I just don't like, I mean, 154, the only thing I could see being different is that it's easier weight cut for, for Errol. And, and that might give him a little bit more oomph and whatnot, you know, to kind of carry on. But it just, it just makes no sense at all right now. Not, not right. Not right now. Anyways, it's, I just, don't yeah. um, the Charlo brothers, man, they're, they're making a lot of noise these days, huh? Like pushing old ladies around. Did you see that guys? I didn't see yeah. the pushing old ladies, but I seen, um, uh, who gave him a quick left hook there. Caleb. Caleb playing. Yeah. 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 See, that's one guy who's doing the right thing to get a fight going here, man. Um, like he he I don't know, he he's making his own hype, right? Like who, who yep. went backstage, punched the guy in the face. <laughs> a little white boy from wherever he's from, you know what I mean? Making waves, <laughs> going back there like a gangster and throwing shots. Like, yeah, he is making waves, he is doing the right thing. And the things that he fights for and believes in are the right thing. So he's yeah. got people supporting him even when he does shit like that. Well, I mean, he's from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, and it, him posting the video of Charlo pushing the lady at the fights, uh, you know, that just, just cements it even more, right? I mean, yeah, here we go. Like, Steve, I, mean, I got a question I've been wanting to ask you. Did you watch the Haney-Lomachenko uh, fight? 
Obviously. And if you did, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I thought Lomachenko deserved to win. I know that Haney was the champion, and to beat the champ, you got to beat the champ. But just for me, as a boxer, I just thought Lomachenko did enough to win. He showed better skill. Like, sure, Haney had good defense. He landed the tight shots, but I just didn't – I didn't. I wouldn't feel good giving the fight to Devin Haney. Totally agree. I thought Loma got robbed too, but – Yeah. Um, that being said, so Haney is now going to go fight Prograce for the 140 belt. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any knowledge if he's getting, if he has to drop the other titles or not, but I think as it stands right now, he's going to go fight Prograce. He's still holding on to his other titles. So I don't know what that means. Um, but then you got my some buddy. More, some more belts are going to be handed out. A, B, C, gold, Gosh, bronze, too many blah, belts. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Way too many belts. Too many belts. <laughs> What I love is my friend, like not my friend, but I wish he was, Shakir Stevenson. <laughs> this guy is fucking everywhere. Like every time I turn on the TV, every card that's on television, this dude shows up. He just yeah. pops out of nowhere. Like he was there, you know, respect to George for trying to keep his name relevant and stuff. But I mean, the things he was saying to Shakir, he had no place saying, right? Like Shakir would destroy. Yeah. Right? Like Destroy. This I think Secure is out of all of them, he's gonna be the best. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that. Yeah, he's amazing. He's young. He's was he 25, 26? 24, Six. I think. Yeah. 24. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's with the right guy. Him and Bud are best buddies. And I mean, you know, I just I just feel that you know, Chance has been saying it. Lomo Lomo and uh Shakur is probably the fight to make. I wasn't a massive Bud Crawford fan until this week. And I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever watched one of his full fights. I obviously watched his fight against an older, smaller Gamboa. Um, but Jesus, he's good. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. You know what's really funny about this? If you think about it, Sean Porter and and um, Brooke did better than Spence against, against Crawford. Crawford, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, what's that? that's why I asked you. We we already know the greatness, like now you do as well, obviously. But like we know how good he is. But when you're facing that level, when your competition is of a certain certain level, you become even that much better. Like it's insane. Michael Jordan six and zero oh in game sevens or six and zero oh in yeah. championships for the great athletes. It's when the best is pulled out, when the most pressure's on you. Pressure either bursts pipes or cuts diamonds. Yeah, either yeah. in the swim or shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do you see him being able to compete at that level, like those angles? The way he was throwing stuff at those angles were just insane. It's kind of like what I saw that, and maybe I'm being a little exaggerating it, but it's kind of like I was watching Jimi Hendrix creating a new chord on on a guitar, Jordan creating a new move, or you know Gretzky flipping the puck somehow. You know what I mean? Just that that kind of a moment that the the angles that he was competing at. The angles he was throwing at, his footwork, all of it. Like, he was just – he was like an F1 and, car. And you're right. And he's got his own his own style, his own swag. He's had his team since day one. Remember this. So there's yeah. not new people changing things. No one from fucking Omaha had been in the boxing world before Bud Crawford. So they have their yeah. own thing. They're doing it their own way. And obviously it's, it's, it's doing good and it's working and it's beating people. So hats off to him and his team because whatever they're doing, it's clearly working. So yeah, another, absolutely. how do you think he fares at 154? I mean, no one gave him a chance at 147, but now he, he was going to move up. And 
Apparently, he's got a built-in program with one of those Charlos, man. Like, he was drawing him after the fight. That's who he was yelling at when he was standing in the, over in the, the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after this weekend, it's hard, to, it's hard to go against Bud Crawford, but one thing is also a big factor is size. Size is a big, big thing, in the, especially in this game, especially seven pounds, which would now be 14 pounds if it goes up to 154. And that's just such a, a big thing. Um, so... I don't know. I'd have to do a little more investigating. I'm not a big fan of the Charlo brothers either, oddly enough. Not me either. Well, well, I'm, I'm just, just not into them. No, no. I'm just they rubbed me the wrong way, so I don't yeah. want to watch them. No, no. I saw them in Vegas, right, when when I was there. And I'll be honest, man, I kind of walked the other way. I didn't even bother to go and enjoy that circle. To, yeah. You know, it, just, it was just too much work, it felt like. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so, therefore, I don't watch them, but um, – I watch a lot more Bud Crawford, and I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Steve, did you check out the Cambosis Maxi Hughes fight? I did not see that fight. I did not see that one. Don't, How was that? I did not see don't, that one. Don't, don't. I told him I watched it, and I said I lost thirty-five minutes of my life. Yeah, they gave it to Cambosis, but Maxi uh, clearly won. It was pretty controversial, that's for sure. That's that's too bad. As soon as yeah. they announced one fourteen, one fourteen, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that one guy came out 117, 111. Like, what the hell were you guys watching? If and anything. So the, oh. the biggest problem in boxing is the politics of the judging. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and you knew it was bad because Bradley was upset about it. <laughs> he knew. You don't hold back. Him and Teddy Atlas don't hold back. No, they don't. No, they're they don't. great. It was good. All right, so we got some great fights coming up here. I thought maybe if you have the time, we could talk quickly about them and see yeah, what you yeah, guys yeah. think about them. Uh, so let's let's go into the heavyweights. And now the summer of the heavyweights is starting. Um, the joke division, as I like to call it, because it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, before that, let me ask you a question. Like We talk about this all the time, and we believe, well, I believe, and I think chances with me on this as well, there's only two guys in boxing that have the mainstream name one canelo the other tyson free would you agree with that or um for like household names or boxing names household names household names yeah, yeah tyson fury and canelo um obviously i guess manny's retired now so yeah 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 so so that being said when when you look at tyson fury do you think he's hurting boxing because a lot of the mainstream people who aren't true boxing aficionados or anything like that you know, they see him ducking and dodging and diving and not taking the fight, this and that. Like, that will turn people off to the sport, correct? So, I mean, do you almost feel like when you're at that mainstream level, you have an unwritten responsibility to to promote and build the sport properly? I'm going to go on a little rant here, fellas. Sure. Um, there was a time when Tyson Fury, when I was a world champion fighting at Casino Ram, he was he was over in England to train with Chris Johnson. Um, Chris would train him for a fight or whatever. And and he wasn't a millionaire. He didn't have all the flashy things and whatnot. He was sacrificing his, his life. Just like myself, there was a point in my life when I was poor and I had to work my weapon and go to other people's hometown to fight and win and go through the fucking lion's den. Yeah. And when you get there, that's your freedom to do what the fuck you want, when you want, and how you want. If you don't like it, don't watch. But I, a guy like Tyson Fury, who's given his life, if he wants to punch the shit out of some UFC fighter in a boxing match and throw $20 million in his pocket for his family and generational wealth, 
so fucking be it. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I actually like the fight because I think no, by enough. Fury fighting Nagano, he's going to bring more eyeballs to it because you got the UFC fans, the boxing fans. It's going to be a big pay-per-view, a big event, and these are two big, strong boys, and it should be. This is like um, Mayweather versus McGregor. This is going to be a big, my big, only big my only here. concern is, and I don't know, I haven't looked into it too much. Is that I heard there's different rules about knockdowns and blah 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 blah. If it's like Mayweather McGregor, then yes, it's going to be good for both. My understanding is yeah. like Mayweather McGregor, just regular pro boxing rules. But then yeah, yeah then I'm all for it. What yeah, about uh, boxing rules, but with MMA gloves? I'm all for it, obviously. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd, be That'd be interesting. All right, so we got uh, Better Beef coming up here in this month. No, the Better Beef fight's canceled. Got postponed, canceled. not canceled. That is postponed. Got postponed yeah. Oh, it's postponed. Okay, uh, do we know what to win? I think it was a three-week or, or four-week postponement, I think. Mm, yeah. That might be interesting. Are you going to be there? Me, no. No? No. What if we were I'll to go, go out? Why? I'm mean, I'm from Ontario. I, I I do I got too much shit to do. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. To be fair, man, Montreal. I got to be honest. I love to party in that city. It's one of the best towns to be in. I don't care what anyone says, man. That's why I don't go there. All right, fair play. Fair play. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good fight. I mean, if 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 it's for something good, maybe who knows? I think Joe Smith is it. Joe Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. Callum Smith, Joe, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Joe Smith, like three, four years ago. Would have been different. Yeah. My so, opinion. So this is kind of a tune up and we hope to get better beef against Bivol at some point here. Yes. Yes. Right. That's, that's um, boxing. Usyk Dubois. Um, obviously we all know who Usyk is. I don't even know who, who is it not is it not Daniel Dubois, is it? Yeah, yeah, Daniel yes, Dubois. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yes. I find interesting because he's coming off a loss, right? I mean, in, in yeah. to be rewarded with with the title shot. But again, Usyk, it's, yeah, he's rewarded, whatever. I don't care about that. But Usyk as well has given his life yeah. to go tag up. The guy can have a freebie and have an easy night, put some yeah. money in his pocket and ramp up for something big down the line. Like the public gets a little bit greedy and selfish. Sometimes they, they just want, 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 right. want, want. Right. Um, and at yeah. the high, sometimes you got to take a little bit less to work on things or to give your hands a break or, or whatnot. And, and build things. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Fair also. enough. Fair what enough. about Canelo and, uh, versus Charlo? Who you got now? <laughs> Canelo, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Even, um, yeah, this is at, was it at 160? 168. Oh, 168. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, he's fighting for his titles, right? So for, for Charlo's, right? No, 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 no. Canelo's. Canelo, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I still got Canelo at 168. But I think that's as high as Canelo is ever going to do any sort of damage at 168. Yeah, yeah. Because I think right now the way they're talking is you, you, he's going to fight the one Charlo, and then I guess the second one's going to fight him next. And then I'm not sure what the third fight is. I'm kind of – hopefully it's David Benavides, but we'll find out, I guess. We'll see. But yeah, the, end so. ball, the end of the B-ball talk is over. <laughs> well, that is over. That has to be over. He's not going to go down. Um, he's not going to go. He says, I won't fight you at 175. I'll go to 168 and fight you and take your belts. But he's yeah. not, no, that's, that's probably not going to happen. If it does happen, it'll probably be somewhere near the end of the line for both of them. And I'd like to see the Benavidez fight before the Charlo brothers fight to kind of get Canelo because Canelo is, I feel, heading towards the, the end of his career. Yeah. And two fights with the Charlo brothers, two training camps at that high level. 
how much will be left in the tank for a fucking savage like David Benavidez? No, and you know what? He is a savage. Uh, We were actually in Seattle. Uh, We got an invitation to come down and, and, you know, check out the gym and everything. Um, I was lucky enough to meet the family in Vegas when I went down for the plant Benavidez fight. I seen. And uh, went down there, met the family, met, you know, senior and everything. And here's a cool part, man. These guys remembered me. Like the right, like uh, all the, think about it, right? You're in Vegas, person after person after person for freaking f- 72, if not more hours of that week. People are inundating you consistently, right? So, yeah. though, to run into them after the fight and you know, senior saying, Hey, how you doing, Sapson? Yeah, you know, that touched the nerve, right? And it's a good happened- feeling, it just shows the type of character. That those people have they were amazing yeah they're we great went, great people. we went down we went down for the all-star game right for the baseball all-star game uh seattle is about an hour an hour and a half for us uh drive so it's pretty close um so we went down there we saw the home run derby and then tuesday we ended up going over to the gym we met david quickly in his own private gym um and then basically he told us just go next door and hang out and we watched uh jose jr train then we watched david train I swear to God, man, they just made us feel like a part of their team. We were just a couple of guys. We were hanging out. They were chit-chatting with us. Jose, in between his rounds, would just came over. Hey, guys, what do you think? Right? Like, yeah. you, you know, he doesn't even know who we are and, and things. And Ryan, uh, what did Jose Sr. do to you? Yeah, I gave him a shot in the gut. They're good people. They treat right? us first class. They're, they're you know? great. And that's the great thing about, about boxing. You find real, real good people, real humble and loyal people like I mean, some sports, I mean, that are like prissy people or stuck-up people. Boxing just real, for the most part, just real good, genuine, down-to-earth people, solid. Thank you for bringing that up because I find the boxing guys are way more loyal and down-to-earth than I find the wrestling guys. not saying all wrestlers are like that, but my experience of doing this, the the boxing guys are more loyal and down-to-earth and level-headed than the wrestlers. Hands down. Like the WWE stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, here's the thing. Like, with us, I find that boxers for the most part yeah you're part of ppc top rank or whatever your your promotion is but most of them are still independent contractors so they're more willing to engage with you and talk to you and and you know want to promote whereas when you get into the big leagues of wrestling those guys you know like chance said you know it's just they're a harder gets you know it's just it is what it is so we're they're a little more standoffish though too they are you know not like the boxer guy for me on the outside looking at i think it's because Wrestling is a little bit more like Hollywood, like theatrical. Yes, yes, yes. right. Yes, Where boxing and UFC, it's it's your life. No, hundred yeah. percent, right? So, like well you said. know, we're we're doing great on both fronts, but I got to say, man, boxing is. I think boxing will put food on the table. <laughs> there we go, boys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> love it. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I, dude, seriously, like going down to Seattle, watching your videos, watching you train in the middle of the road, holding the mitts. Yeah, you're still moving so well. Jesus, man. Like, just the sound of that. Like, there's two sounds that I love the most. At springtime, it's spring training when that baseball is hitting that mitt. And just that, 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 exactly that. And then the, the, the slap of the leather into the into those mitts, like, just something. And then being, you've lived it, obviously, but just being down at David's gym and just hearing it. You know, like at the apron, at the closest point that you could possibly be, the only sounds are the people talking and the music that they're playing. But you feel, you feel the breeze, and you feel the aura, that impact. The aura of greatness in manhood—it's it's like a drug. 
to be oh. around that. And I miss it. And I love that was my whole life. That's what I love. But it's the aura of, of real men fighting for their lives, being cool yeah. with each other. You know I mean, it's something that you don't, you don't see. You don't see other sports. You don't see it anywhere. I'm telling you, That's we true. saw it firsthand. It was like we're sitting there and he's like, ha, oh, ha. Oh. Like, oh, my God, this guy's just murdering somebody. And then he stops and goes, so, guys, what do you think about the show? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just turn it off. It's kind of reminds me of like a, I don't know, you know Alicia Baumgartner? Yes. Obviously. Okay, so yes. there's that one post that she has where she's all cute and smiley and everything. And then she just goes in a beast mode like, oh, my fuck. Just, yeah. Right? The sweetest, kindest, most humble people in this world are the ones that can kick your ass. Yeah. Right? The guys that have nothing to prove are the ones that you have to be scared of the most. That is correct. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we talk about this as well, and, and I'm going to say this very candidly. Boxers, combat warriors have to be arrogant and they have to be cocky. The ones that are the greats are the ones that know when to turn it on and turn it off. You can't be doing what you're doing if you don't have a bit of arrogance and cockiness to you, man. You can't. No. You have to believe in yourself and you let the people around you know that you believe in yourself. When a fucking lion walks onto a range, he lets out a big roar to let people know that, hey, this is my range. It's yeah. the same thing when you walk into a gym or when anywhere you go. Like Even to this day, as a fighter, I know, again, my friend Sammy Vargas and other alpha male boxers, when we go into a room, it's it's our room and we allow people to be in it. And you know, I mean, not to say that we're dicks or nothing, but we like to be the king alpha in the room. Absolutely. It's just mentality, yeah. No, I get it. I'm I'm totally down with that, man. And that's where I think men are losing now. Oh, it's embarrassing. I don't know if we want to I don't know if we, we want to open that bag on this episode. Don't but... go down that rabbit hole. My oh. son will be up here and I'll be yelling in his ear. No, I yeah. understand, brother. I understand. I understand. Um, all right, Steve. I tell you what, man, you're on vacation. I want you to get back to the family and enjoy Thanks for coming on. the beautiful weather that you guys. How is it up there? Um, it's a beautiful sunny day here, brother. We're going to pack it in soon here for the night and just enjoy the rest of the week. Awesome, brother, man. You do that. Enjoy the rest of the week. And you know what? Let's not be strangers. Just took too long to get going. Love to have you back on after some more big fights to get your opinion and breakdown. Uh, I see that you were doing some work on zone. What are you up to these days? Are you still doing some commentating? Where can we find you? I do lots. Of, I'm, I'm still doing lots of commentating for Gabriel Fanus and Red Owl. Okay. Lee Baxter Promotion has a few shows coming up that I'm sure will be on the zone. So later on this year, I will be back on the air. Fantastic, man. Looking and you're doing a great man. job of commentating, by the way. I haven't yeah. seen you since, but you're doing a good job. Yeah, you know, Thanks you're doing great. And you're looking dapper and you're looking better than your guys that are beside. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. All right, brother, man. On that Thanks, note, man. my name is Bobby Sampson. I am joined with Mr. Chance Michaels and right below us, Two-time IBF world champion, Mr. Steven, the Canadian kid, Molitor. In the words of Ed Whalen, in between time and in between time, that's it for Sap and Chance and Steve Molitor. Everybody, have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you soon. Sap and Chance out.